Got to wake up a bit here. I know. I'm good. Once we start recording, I'm, I'm on. You're in the zone. Welcome to episode 34 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Kevin Dexter. And this week we're talking some <laughs> ventriloquists. Yeah. We're talking some Mad Hatter once again. But before then, what's happening in the world of comic book news, Cameron? Um, I was, uh, um, <laughs> kind of put me on the spot. <laughs> yeah, this is how the news segment works as you started off. I think is news for this week. We, we got we had we had trailer news. Yeah, we, Kingsman, we had uh, we yeah, the Kingsman trailer, which looks episode. fantastic. It does, doesn't it? Uh, I I think it's going to be like so. Obviously, the Kingsmen are like the British secret agents. I think it's going to be a fight, like with the like American versions. The Statesmen's like. the American versions. So like uh, Channing Tatum and Jeff Bridges. And, yeah, uh, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, it yeah. looks cool. In it my, does. In my mind, when I like imagine that plot, I just see that scene from Anchorman, where it's oh, all the newsroom the, battle, all the big oh, actors fighting, yes. and that's just what I want from this movie. Yes. But somehow it'll be more over the top, which oh, is absolutely. an impressive feat considering Anchorman. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, that looked good. We did get a little bit of news um, about Young Justice. What you didn't see this? No, well, I, see, I've, my already... head's been kind of in the in the oh, okay buried in the buried sand for the past couple um, days. Well, let me de-ostrich you here. So it's, uh, as you know, there's a season three already coming. Oh, I know. But the platform has been announced. DC's going to roll out their own digital streaming service. Boo. Yeah. And then it'll, interesting, it'll also include a Teen Titans live action show, which has been being shopped around for years. Uh, yeah. I remember sci-fi tried to get it a little bit. Yeah. It was like, and then sci-fi TNT has come yeah, up before. I was gonna, yeah, TNT, I'm, I'm sure the CW is involved in some capacity at some point, but yeah, like, both those things when that and Supergirl were still kind of up. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Everyone was expecting them to pick up teen Titans because that makes sense. It would. Yeah. But they didn't, but they didn't No, So it's interesting that they're both going to come out on a, a digital streaming service, which I'm sure will have like a monthly cost mm-hmm. as you'd expect. Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess that's fine. I mean, I'll 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 do it for Young Justice. Like, yeah, I, I, I will too. And it, they they know that, and that's the problem. Yeah. Well, and it's it is <clears> weird <throat> that um, it still seems weird to me that they're doing so many TV shows with the same characters that are also going to be in the movies. So they have a Teen Titans show, which is already known that'll be focused around Dick Grayson becoming Nightwing. At the same time, they're going to be doing a Nightwing movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just interesting that they keep doing on that path. Yeah. But, hey, I'm sure Young Justice will be good. The last two seasons, obviously, were amazing. So right. Maybe they, they, maybe have, it, they have it set up for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, there was a rumor today that Robert Zemeckis might be directing <gasps> The Flash. Ooh. Interesting choice. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm down for that. Yeah. I, he, he's pretty good about time travel things. Yeah. He's pretty solid. Um, I think his older stuff may be better than his newer stuff. Um, it's just an interesting choice that they're going... I don't know what you mean as I look at a DeLorean, a Lego DeLorean on the shelf next to you. Uh, I said older stuff. <laughs> Back to the Future's older stuff is amazing. Yeah. I'm right. more referring to, like, uh, because he did Beowulf, he did Flight, he did Man on Wire. No. Man on Wire was a documentary. What was the Joseph the, movie? The Wire? It was just The Wire? Yeah. I've heard all those are series. not... Yeah, that's also that. Not that great. It just It's different than every other director choice they've made which has either been uh, Zack Snyder or kind of younger talent that doesn't mm-hmm. stick around so 
Who knows? Yeah, it'll be interesting. Maybe, I don't know what they're trying to do with that. Yeah. Maybe he was the only one that would say yes. Maybe. maybe. And it's still a rumor, so I don't know if that's going to yeah. go anywhere. And then, of course, there's one other piece of news this week, which you texted me about, unrelated to comic books. Oh, shit. Yes. Oh, man. I jumped out of my chair Yeah. when I read this news. Do you want to... No, no, you go. I mean, you, you send it to me. So. Um, so, obviously, everyone knows we're getting another Jurassic World, mm-hmm. but now we know... The man, the myth, the legend himself, Jeff Goldblum, will be returning. Now, we don't know if it's going to be a continuation of his old role or well, not. Well, I'm sure it is. It's still yeah. set in the same universe. I would so. love for it to just be his, his own son. Yeah. Just, <laughs> anyone can play Jeff Goldblum's son. I'm Jeff Goldblum Jr. It's, it's Jeff nice Goldblum. And Nick Kroll. But. Nick Kroll. Oh, that, yeah, that was perfect casting on the yeah. league. Oh, my God. I'm I, still waiting for them to do something together. They're so good. They are amazing together. I, I love Jeff Goldblum. Uh, I think I mentioned this to you, but I, I got to meet him last week. What? I thought I told you. I, no. I, I My mom was in town, and I took her to go see his band play. Oh, right. You did. You did yeah. He, he's, part of a, he's part of a jazz piano band that he plays every Wednesday in L.A., and we got like seats right up in the front, right by him, and we got there early, and he's just up on the piano like doing his thing, warming up, and he goes around and starts talking to everyone. Like, of course he He does. comes up and he's introduces just... himself to us. He, he said that I... We look... know who you are, Jamila. <laughs> <Yeah, I know. laughs> yes, it is I, I know Jeff. You. Yeah, he, he, he told yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, we know. We're here to see you. <laughs> I, he told me I look like a young Dennis Christopher, who is someone <laughs> I don't. I don't know who that actor is. Um, but I mean, as you'd expect, impossibly charming and charismatic. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it, it was an amazing night. Like he would do bits in between the songs, <clears throat> like uh, you know, like the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon game. Right. He did that, but with himself. So he'd be like, okay, someone throw me a movie, someone throw me an actor in that movie, and then he would like, okay, so you know, Dan Aykroyd was in this, and eventually it's to Jeff Goldblum, and he's oh my god, one of the few people who can say his own name in the third person, and it works. Oh yeah, <laughs> always he can say anything. Yeah, it was a really really awesome night. That's awesome. Yeah, just throwing around our our LA ness. Around, I, I had, around I mean, I had to in that one. That's fine. Yeah, that's, I'm happy you, sh- you shared that story. It, that was it was pretty damn awesome. And if anyone who listens to this is, lives near LA, it's at the Rockwell Table and Stage on Wednesday nights. You can go see it for yourself. I'll probably go do that soon. We should go do that. Oh, douchebag cocktail night. Oh, yeah. We we we. I, I don't have to explain it. People understand. No, they don't need to understand that. That's yeah. a purely us reference. Um, but that's all the news I have for this week. Uh, Cars trailer. Oh, that's right. The Cars trailer. Oh, yeah. That's there. I'm excited. I never even saw Cars 2. So. You don't have to. No, I didn't think so. It looked pretty I, dumb. I know I saw it. I couldn't tell you anything about it. It had to do with Spies, I think. Yeah. Because Michael Caine played a Volvo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you anything yeah. about that movie. It wasn't good. Yeah. I mean, this looks like it's taking itself a little more seriously. So maybe, yeah. you know, maybe it'll be fine. I, I've always felt like the Cars franchise was the, uh, the weak link of the, the Pixar Train. But unfortunately, the most profitable. Oh, hugely so. My mm-hmm. God. But yeah, I mean, hey, I'm. you know what? If they want to pump out sequels for a franchise that makes a crap load of money in order to have like the capability to put out original stuff like Inside Out, I'm totally fine with it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Do we know what they're, what's next on their slot? Uh, I know that's information that I should probably have. Yeah, you should, actually. Well, I mean, I know they got Toy Story 4. They got Incredibles 2. Incredibles 2, 2 that's right. That's 2019. Oh, um, Coco. I think it's Coco, that's right? That's Disney. No, no, that's Is Pixar. that Pixar? Yeah, it's all about uh, Diaz de las Huertas. Yeah, no, yeah I, I know, because it's, it's basically a retelling of um, the Book of Life. Yeah, the Book yeah. of Life, which came out two or three years ago under DreamWorks. Guillermo del Toro? Yes. Yeah. I, th- I think that's Pixar. I'm pretty positive. Is it? 
I don't know. You, you, can, you, you could be right. Yeah, you can look it up. Uh, but I think news-wise, right? It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much everything. All right, yeah. so we can get uh, get on into Read My Lips here. Yes. Introduction of the Ventriloquist mm-hmm. slash Scarface, one of my favorite villains. Oh, he! this was such a good episode. Yeah. Like, even even to just the, the opening kind of, like, jazzy music they play beforehand. Like, th- this episode in particular had a bit of an old-fashioned feel to it. Yeah. All the way through, just in terms of, like, the characters and the, the setting, the music, the, the wardrobe. And I, I think that was very intentional of them. Oh, yeah. It, it was supposed to feel like, like, this was probably the most noir, no, that's not the right genre. It's the most, like, old-school gangster. Yeah, kind of noir. Gotten. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really even fun. Even in the opening, it's, <clears throat> it, it's kind of an underused storytelling method now but it was a very common one back in old gangster films is the rigging a boxing match not rig, but like using a boxing match as kind of the setting for a robbery oh yeah i forgot there was a boxing match in the yeah. beginning of this yeah so it so, opens up so on, much happens after that yeah it opens up on um kind of the head of the of <laughs> gotham square garden oh yeah actually what it's called of which course is just like jesus of course it is um when they sorry to jump ahead as usual, um, when, you don't have a linear way of approaching no. this. It's fine. Uh, when Bruce kind of figures out where um, where the ventriloquist is, no, that might be the next episode. I think that might be the next. I think it's the next episode. Yeah, damn it, it's a little bit of blending together. Yeah. There. All right, never mind. They're very similar episodes if you look at them story wise. Um, they, they are. Sorry, but, I definitely didn't just watch them five minutes before coming over here. Oh no, it's fine. I did too. Um, so, but uh, yeah, the, there is a robbery at the, at the boxing match. It's a pretty clever escape actually. Cause the goons, uh, basically scale the inside of a air duct, get out onto the roof and then leap off of the roof into how that 10 foot monster of a man fit in an air duct. Is oh, how rhino to me. I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it shows you how like impossibly strong this guy is. Cause he's, I mean, bracing his way, like yeah. crawling up an air duct with a guy sitting on his shoulders. Oh no! My favorite moment of that is when they're still when they're trying to find the hole, or when they're trying to find the like spot between the studs. Oh yeah. Um, and instead of like, instead of just like punching a hole through the wall, they they show the inside, and he like headbutts through it. Oh yeah. And he's kind of like stuck, like like you see in all the shows, which is like his arms are kind of pinned against him. His head's just sticking and through. That was awesome. I mean, you know, Rhino's useful for a few specific things. Yeah, for using and his sma- head. Smashing shit's one of them. But, yes, yeah, so they, they leap off the roof into uh, the bed of a dump truck filled with mattresses, and they drive off. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we get spinning newspapers. Another, so many spinning sp- newspapers. Another kind of, like, throwback sort of thing. But whoever this crime gang is, like, they're doing, like, really well-planned, meticulous strikes. Yeah. And they've evaded Batman, they've evaded the cops, um, but except for a slight screw-up. Because someone caught them on video, yeah, going over a fence. I even like how they they did that. Where like one character goes under it because he's kind of like tiny, tiny and mousy. And the guy goes over the top, and then Rhino just smashes through. But yeah. as he smashes through, he exposes a tattoo of a rhino. Yeah, and then Batman looks up in the in the criminal the, tattoo. That database. was amazing. <laughs> Does that exist? I I, I should have googled it beforehand. Uh, there, I really hope so. There must be. I really hope so, because that'd be so fascinating to just scroll through. Some version of that. Um, I'm just going to imagine. I mean, probably now it's not as important, because tattoos are a lot more prominent now. Yeah. But, like, in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, when you can't just kind of Google tattoos, and there's probably only a handful of tattoo parlors, 
Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I just looked up criminal tattoo database. Is there I mean, criminal tattoo database dot com? Uh, sadly, no. But there are articles about uh, like software tracking people's tattoos. A gang tattoo database, tattoo recognition database, could help combat crime and terrorism. So, I mean, they'll keep track of like Instagram posts. Of course, they're going to keep track of all right, like tattoos at yeah. this point. All so, right. let's assume it's a real thing. Oh God, I can't. But it's only, only now, only, only now, a real thing. I like to think <clears throat> that someone watched this episode. It's like that's guys, a brilliant idea. Guys, just shows up to Langley like, hey, I got a great idea how we're going to solve crime. The Langley wouldn't be right. That's the CIA. Where's the FBI headquartered? Uh, Virginia? Yeah, whatever. Doesn't matter. Well, no, uh, it's not Quantico. Quantico's the training ground. Yeah. In between Langley and Quantico. Sure. <laughs> so that's little, that exact little midpoint. Midpoint between the two. Washington, um, California. Yep. But there's a London, California, I learned of recently. Of course there is. I yeah. don't know why. It has nothing to do with anything. So... Um, Oh, yeah, so then Batman goes hunting down after Rhino and tries to intimidate him in an alleyway, but Rhino's not having it. I know. I, I This is kind of a first where someone's not scared of Batman. No, not in the slightest. And it, it makes sense because he's a 10-foot monster. Yeah, he's huge. Like mm-hmm. I mean, Batman towers everyone. This guy is, like, two feet taller than him. Yeah. And he also, like, they always, they kind of poke fun at him through the rest of the episode that he's, like, the stupid one of the group. Yeah. But he's also standing there, and he's like... I'm not going to hit you because I haven't done anything. Yeah. Like, he's not going to cause... I mean, he eventually does cause a ruckus, but he understands that as long as he doesn't do anything, then he has nothing to fear. No. And I'm like, no one else in this whole series, in the past 63 episodes that we've watched, has had that bright of an idea. Yeah. He's the only one who's figured it out. Like, if I'm innocent, innocent, I don't have to do shit. I can just walk away. Uh, and he kind of does. The cops come. Batman disappears. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes crying to his boss, who we haven't seen yet. No, we just kind of saw, like, I think from a little bit of shot from the behind. They reference Scarface, right? They they say his no. name? Okay. No, they don't say it. So this was a really, both of these episodes are very interesting because this is the first time we have an episode where we don't know the villain until, like, halfway through the episode. It's true. Yeah. Um, in, in the next one, it's not until the very end. Yeah, we, we figure out who it actually yeah. is, yeah. Uh, and I kind of loved that. I it, did, too. Was, it was a different form of storytelling that I really liked. It, it, it was very mature for them, because yeah. it's usually, if it's like a mystery villain, then that's the first shot we see is, is like the villain in silhouette. Yeah. Well, and especially any time a villain is being introduced, like across the board, like usually yeah. the, the opening shot is establishing the villain, and this establishes mm-hmm. what they're doing, but doesn't establish him specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he makes it to the uh, to kind of their warehouse. Mm-hmm. Batman tracks him down, and his ex- this is maybe my favorite Batman expression <laughs> of the entire first season. Um, you see, there's like this scrawny little man. It's like, all right, I'll go get the boss, and he walks in. He comes out with the puppet mm-hmm. of Scarface, and we meet Ventriloquist and Scarface, and Batman is just like. What the fuck is this? It, it's almost like uh, like Home Alone esque, like just the mouth is yeah. so like ah yeah. It's like can't even comprehend. Like you fought a girl that can control plants. You fought yeah. a clown, a psychopathic clown. You fought a guy with dual personality. I mean, it's, it's a little different with, from with multiple personality, yeah. but yeah. Do, uh, so do you think? Because you know, 
after he sees it too, he even goes back into investigate later and he like checks in on the dummy in the bed to make sure it's fake. Do you think because he's seen so many things that when he first sees the dummy, he doesn't know because he has seen so much crazy shit like yeah. people control plants and killer croc. Do you think he's going like, wait, is that a possessed doll? Is it some sort of weird mutant thing? Like, do you think that maybe he didn't know whether to go with the most realistic version or the most extreme version? And well, that's why he's like, what the fuck is this? Well, I guess we, we kind of had something similar in Beware the Grey Ghost. We had kind of those robotic toys. Yeah, that's true. So maybe he was like, maybe it's a robot. Maybe yeah. it's something. I don't know. He, he, he probably went for more tech because when he does investigate, he does like press the nose. No, he, he like opens he, the eyes. Like he like he's like I think probably to like inspect the eyes and they pop open and kind of freaks him out. Yeah, but would, it would freak me the fuck out too. It would. Yeah, I mean dolls are creepy. Oh yeah, yeah, especially one that will like Scarface. Scarface. <laughs> yeah, but he it, it is kind of funny to watch him get freaked out about what is we eventually learn like kind of one of the more not innocent in the traditional sense, but like less extreme villains in some mm-hmm. ways. But and it's also very similar. I, I found it very well connected to the last episode, or the last week's episode with uh, Hardak. Oh right, yeah, uh, Silicon Soul, who is in control. Oh, that's we true. saw in that episode. It was is Hardak or is Batman's yeah. conscience in control of the robot? With the ventriloquist, is he in control or is or is Scarface in control? We yeah. through the rest of the episode up to the point where he pulls a gun on himself. Like if Batman didn't throw the batarang, would he like would he have gone through with it? Who you know, I, I I find that very fascinating of, like... It is. Well, because he... You know, at we're what talk- point would he ever stop? Yeah. Like, we were talking about last week with, like, Maxi Zeus, how in some ways, like, he's the craziest of all of the villains because he doesn't really have an aim. One could almost make an argument that Ventriloquist is also literally one of his craziest because, again, he... He is kind of volatile because you don't really know who's in charge. Like, even with the Joker, you don't know what he's going to do, but you know it's always going to be in his own interest. Right. Whereas, like, as we've seen this episode, the ventriloquist can kind of turn on himself in a weird way. So, mm-hmm. I I love the ventriloquist. Yeah. I'm glad. I think he gets a few episodes in the series. I hope so. Too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we figure out that it's a multiple personality disorder mm-hmm. sort of thing. They don't really go into the background of why. They don't really have to either. It's no. Just, he just has this thing. Um, but then Batman plants a bug on Wesker. Who he, yeah. I guess, okay, I guess he interrogates Wesker. Yeah, uh, and and that's when he learns like it's a very severe multiple personality disorder. Where to the point where he doesn't know Scarface's plans. Yeah, he doesn't tell him, even though he's the one giving the order. Yeah, that it's like as much as is possible. The two personalities don't communicate internally with each other in his own head. They have right. to communicate externally. It's so interesting. I know it really is, though, right? Um, so yeah, so Batman discovers this multi personality disorder. He hears on the on the bug the that Bat he planted, bug. yeah, um, that they're going to rob this place. Oh, they're gonna. Name. There is a shipping boat loaded with platinum. with platinum, right? And they're gonna go and rob it. Mm-hmm. So Batman shows up, stops them, and he's kind of. Uh, kind of caught under a mound of platinum that Rhino pushes on him. Wouldn't that kill him? I it should. Yeah, uh, and like that would take an immeasurable amount of strength for Rhino to just like push that over. I think. Yeah, I don't know how heavy platinum is. I'm assuming it's pretty fucking heavy. I assume so. Um, but afterwards, we learn that Scarface knew about it the whole time. Don't really think so because like his goons got beat the like 
beat the shit out of. Um, Platinum's heavier than gold. Okay, so. that's all I need to know. Yeah. Um, so Scarface knew the the whole thing was a setup, mm-hmm. which I mean, that's a pretty bad setup if it's an actual thing you want to steal. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, because they they capture Batman and they hang him over a pit filled with razor sharp mannequin hands. Yeah, because that's a thing. Yeah, I was like, what? What? spike pit. I mean, it's it's, it's 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 a creative spike pit. Yeah. Do you, who do you think was tasked with sharpening the mannequins? Oh, it's Gotham. They're already sharp. <laughs> Joker probably did that like years ago for a plan that never that he never went through with. <laughs> Oh, that's another thing that, that Gotham needs to cross off there and don't build any more of is don't, fucking mannequin shops. No more mannequins. No more mannequin warehouses. God, there's so many villains that could use that. You're so trite, though. Um, <laughs> uh, and also, we, we learned before this moment that it's um, that the ventriloquist is also an amazing ventriloquist, obviously, yeah. has the ability to throw his voice. Uh, but Batman, of course he does, also knows how to throw his voice because of his old master, Zatara. Oh, that's what was happening in that scene. Yeah. I got a little confused. It was a little confusing. I thought, because he, he tricks Scarface, because he basically tells Scarface that Wexler informed yeah, Batman. Yeah, Scar- Scarface is very paranoid that there's a snitch in his group. Yeah. Batman convinces him that it's Webster. Yeah, and so I guess I thought that that was Wexler developing yet another personality. No. Okay, so that was Batman throwing yeah, his own you, voice. Yeah, you kind of uh, saw, like, the corner of his mouth was yeah. open. Yeah, well, because I was like, wait, is he trying to, like, like get, like, a little blade or something out of his mouth? Because that's something he would do, right? Oh, he that's would, like, throw, absolutely like, something he would always do. Always keep a lockpick in his cheek. Yeah. Because, like, wait, what? Okay, that does Yeah, so explain. he was throwing his voice behind Scarface, oh. so he thought Ventriloquist was talking. Oh, okay. Um, and that's why he was like, I didn't say that, because did, he didn't say it. Yeah, okay. Oh, threw me <clears> off. Okay. If you ever watched, I don't remember which episode it is, I think it's the Creeper episode of Scooby-Doo, they really dive into throwing your voice and how to do it. Oh, Shaggy, my God, that's right. They Shaggy do, yeah. has the ability to throw his voice. Of course he does. Yeah, because he's awesome. It's jack of all trades. Okay, that's right. Yeah, and then he Batman escapes somehow from the ropes. Um, um, and then there's a there's a fight. Oh, that's it's that point when like Wexler turns the gun on himself, or Scarface yeah. turns the gun on Wexler. Um, and then... He tells the goons to shoot Batman. Who jumps. Yeah, and he gets out of the way somehow... In his Batman majesty. Uh, and we see, like, one, we see a death, but not just, like, a gruesome death, uh, which they can get, a, they can get away with because it's, it's still a, a wooden doll. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the guards kind of shoot the puppet. I think they're trying to do something else. I mean, they're trying to remember. shoot Batman, but he jumps out of the way, <clears throat> and okay. the puppet's on the f- floor, and so they accidentally shoot Scarface. They shoot yeah. him a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's a very nice ode to the actual Scarface. Oh, that's true. Scarface yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Tony, Actually, I haven't Tony seen Montoya. That. Neither have I. And yeah, that's no. bad because I had a lot of questions I was going to ask. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot help you with that Great. at all. <laughs> all right. Save that for another day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tony Montoya, right? Tony Monta- uh, Montana. Montana. All right. Montana. Yeah. I just, I just remember the... Um, Lone Island? Yeah. yeah. Michael Bublé. <laughs> Tony. Not Michael Bolton. Uh, Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton, yeah. Um, <laughs> great song. One of it my is. favorites. It's amazing. Um, yeah, so uh, Scarface is now dead. Mm-hmm. 
ventriloquist is having like a panic attack as you probably would yeah if having one of your, one personalities, of your personalities dies dies uh which he doesn't because we later see the ending scene is ventriloquist in arkham mm-hmm. kind of with a wood carving set which i feel like is very dangerous for Thank inmates you. to have okay what so, they give inmates knives yeah like yeah because i mean not just he- any inmates it's like the psychopath inmates. Yeah, the psych, yeah, the psych ward. Like, I mean, at first he was like sanding. Okay, I can see them like sanding some like the basic woodworking tools, but it is a like a fucking sharp ass knife. Yeah, not even just a chisel, just like no. a straight up knife. Yeah, because he like plunges like into blade. the into the face he's sculpting and like carves a scar into yeah. it. Yeah, the guards come up to him. He's like, "Yeah, I'm fine." He yeah. flips over the wood block and it's Scarface's face again. I also love that we're shocked at poor management styles at Arkham. I mean, we've talked about the fact that it's a revolving door of inmates. We would be surprised at all they also just hand them weapons. And yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I mean they give poison ivy reaction. plants like that alone right there. Yeah, seems like a terrible idea. Amongst many terrible ideas. I mean, she doesn't have her like chemicals. I get maybe they might give that to as her. As far too. as we know, yeah. Right. I mean, she's a botanist. Who knows what she's cooking up in there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, overall, though, I think this is a great episode. Oh yeah, like, it's it really, was... it's really well structured. It's different. Mm-hmm. He they make him just sympathetic enough. Yeah, I feel like he's just kind of he's well he's more pathetic, but you do feel bad for him. Um. I did look up the voice cast, actually, a little bit. So um, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. George Zunza. Yeah. Uh, was the voice of Ventriloquist. Also later, Perry White in Superman. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, he was also, he, he did the voice of both Ventriloquist and That's Scarface. true, yeah. yeah. Which is impressive because they're <clears throat> very different yeah. voices. Yeah. Um, and then Earl Bowen is the rhino who is, the, do you remember the psychiatrist in the Terminator movies? Nope. You've seen, the, you've seen them both, right? Uh, most of it. We can go into that later. Okay. We can go into it later, Chris. Okay, but you you've seen you've seen the uh, the the GIF of oh never mind it's not worth explaining. Uh, but you'll appreciate this. The same guy was the voice of Senor Senior Senior. <gasps> Senor Tempo. Senior Senior. Oh, we don't have to. I know exactly what he's from. <laughs> Senor Senior Senior is one of the greatest villain masterminds of all time. He's just <laughs> a rich guy who has nothing else to do at this time. So he turns his home into death traps. I mean, that was like the softest softball I could have possibly tossed you in terms oh, of recognition. I love Senor Senior Senior. And his great son, Senor Senior Junior. Oh, of course. Uh, and the, I don't know, you probably never saw this as a kid, but there was a like a one episode animated thing called Pride of the X-Men. Nope. I used to watch it all the time, and he was the voice of Magneto in that. Like, okay, that's it, cool. It was like a pilot for a show that never became anything, but it's actually pretty solid. Okay. Um, also, do you know who Joe Piscopo is? I, I know I know the name. But I guess he was on Saturday Night Live. I'm trying to figure out where I knew him from, but he's the voice of Muggsy. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, so we have a we have a great voice actor in the next episode, which I'm excited. Oh to get into. yes, yeah, yes, to talk about that. Um, but uh, I do have a little bit of trivia on Scarface. Let's okay. get some other notes on the episode. Go for it. Okay. Oh no, do I have more? I have uh, I have two quick things. Mm-hmm. My favorite line of the episode is when. Uh, uh ventriloquist and uh scarface are talking and scarface yells stop putting words in my mouth oh, I I was like, that. oh that oh, was great that's great yeah <laughs> um and yeah you, you can go over you can go over information i have a question for you afterwards okay so have you ever have you ever read any comics with scarface in it no so his trademark in the comics is that he can't pronounce b yeah I, I i saw that yeah um so he often ends up using a G instead. And it's actually been a plot point at various things. They cut that out of this for some reason. Probably because it's annoying. I guess it's annoying, yeah. Well, and it, it... And it might be hard for kids to, like... Get it? Yeah. Yeah. 
It did throw me off though, because at one point when Scarface is ranting, he's like, "If I find the one, whichever one of you is like betray me, it's going to be." You think he's going to say curtains? Because that's the phrase, right? It's going to be curtains for you. He says drapes instead. I'm like, is that is that a reference they're going to go with later, where you can't pronounce certain words? They didn't go anywhere with it, so I don't know what that was about. Um, but he did have his uh, maybe it's something from Scarface. It's we, we, we'll, we'll never know. know. We won't know. Uh, he did have his premiere in Detective Comics number five eighty three from February of nineteen eighty eight. Created by Alan Grant, John Wagner, and Norm Brayfogel. I think that's right. And obviously, he's modeled after Al Capone. Oh, yeah. So, um, and there's a couple different origins for the ventriloquist. So, one is that he was born to a mafia family, and he develops a dissociative identity disorder after he watches his mom get murdered by assassins. Yeah, it sounds about right. It's pretty dark. It's got mother issues. It fits. Um, the other version, though, is that he had a whole bunch of repressed anger, and he, he kills someone in a bar fight then ends up at Blackgate Penitentiary and meets Woody, which is a dummy carved from the old gallows at the prison. I think that's, this, that's, I know that origin. Yeah, that's the one I was familiar with, too. Um, and he like, gets Why up. do we know that origin? What other show did that? I don't know if another show did that, or is that just... I don't know. I don't know why we would know that one versus the other one. I think that's just the newer... Okay, I guess so. Maybe there's absorbed the osmosis. I don't know. Do you have the, uh, like the DC Comics encyclopedia? I, I forgot it. I'm sorry. I mean, I have one. Oh, I, was oh, I thought you, you were joking. No. No, I don't. What? That's a great book. I mean, it's like, I don't know, about 10 years old now. But I like, okay. you, you pick up things over time, right? I know things about characters I've never actually read in comics. So I right. I just know that. Um, he has, like, a couple arcs he's in. So, like, he's part of the Nightfall breakout. Um, but the Ventriloquist can't find Scarface, so he grabs a sock named Socko. Yes, I remember. Th- from the Batman. Yes, that's what it's from. Yeah, okay. in my mind, like, wait, I've seen an episode where he tries, like, Wesker tries to reform, and he's got Sock. I'm like, was that this show? I'm like, no, no, it was The Batman. Okay, I, I've seen that episode. Yeah, but he doesn't have, like, too many major arcs. He's got a role in Cataclysm, which is the, the precursor to No Man's Land. And I haven't read this, but apparently in Blackest Night, uh, a Wesker has died in comics beforehand, and he gets, like, resurrected and given a black power ring. And he creates Scarface out of a black construct and kills a shitload of people. That's awesome. Yeah, I did, did not know about that. It's kind of weird and fucked up. Um, but yeah, there's no other like major arcs. He's not been in any other movies, or he wasn't in any of the Arkham games. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess kind of fits, because I love him as a character, but could you really do him in a mainstream storyline? Like, Do you think he could work in a movie? Maybe that was your question for me. I don't know. No, but... it wasn't. Um, yeah, I think so. I think it'd be very... I mean, if you can put Black Mask in, I think they're kind of similar... Well, I think he's just another gang boss yeah. who just has a weirder background. But could you take his threats seriously? Like, would he actually seem like he's a genuine threat or would he just seem a little too silly? If you make him psychopathic enough, I think so. Yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting one. It, it's, I feel it'd be a very tricky character to make work, but I'd also like to see someone attempt to do it because I think he is pretty interesting. Yeah. He's a, he's a slightly different kind of psychotic than every other Batman villain. Yeah. No, I, I really like it. And I think they did it. A, Pretty good justice. Yeah. What was your question for me, though? Uh, I was going to ask, as this is based off of uh, Al Capone and then also loosely based off of Tony Montana, Montoya, whatever. Montana. Um, What would your kind of like, if you had a villain who was also a sidekick, well, not sidekick, but like if you had a villain alternate personality. If I had a dummy that I had to name after a villain, who would it be? Or that so poorly, but you you got it. Joe Pesci from Home Alone. That'd be a pretty awesome. One. <laughs> I'm gonna get really annoying. It would be so annoying. Yeah, 
but it would also be amazing. It'd be pretty awesome. You'd have to have a gold tooth. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you would have to be maybe he's like... He's always trying to like take it out because he wants to sell it. Yeah, he's trying to get rid of it. Stop, I, I, stop Joe Pesci. I feel like you'd have to be like partly attacked Joe Pesci. Like you'd have to have the M stamped into his hand and like maybe his beanie would be burnt off and on oh, fire. Yeah. yeah. But that'd yeah, be it. That's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Um, first thought was Judge Doom mm. from Roger Rabbit. Good call. But I feel like that just creeped me out so much. Yeah, that high pitched voice. I couldn't. Too. I couldn't. Ha- those, I couldn't handle that. Glowing red eyes. I also don't have the talent to make that voice. So I no, I was I about ready to try and go super high pitched, and I can't nope. do it. So now we don't need to scare our audience like that. No. Uh, maybe a um, uh, maybe a Biff. Oh, nice Biff, Biff puppet Biff would be good. Yeah, it's just like a like a potato sack. I can it's throw just, at people. Yeah, it's just real dumb. Yeah, kind of like Rhino. A little bit. Yeah. You got some similarities there. Um, yeah. I think that's all I have for that episode. Okay, cool. Well, um, real quick, our sponsor this week is the Potato Potato Podcast. Ah. Yeah, I think we've kind of looped back around now so uh, to our old sponsors. So uh, I'll cut in the promo here. You like podcasts with themes and purpose? Love them. Me neither. Oh. That's why we created the Potato Potato Podcast. You mean Potato Potato? Sure. Great. Then check out our show. Every week we have a special guest from the world of improv and entertainment. We promise we won't stay on topic. And with some help from the human bag of garbage intern Rich. We're best friends. Nope. nope. And the voice of reason Sam. You're doing this ad wrong. We make a show that somehow makes sense. We've been told the show's like hanging out with your best friends, but let's be honest, your best friends are kind of jerks. Yeah. So check us out every Wednesday on the Nerdist School Network. And that was the promo. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, so exciting. But now we're on to The Worry Men. The last episode. We've made it, guys, because we've made it 64 episodes together. That's amazing. That's crazy. Yeah. 64. 64 episodes in one season of television. 65. 65 episodes. We're not, we're not there yet. We haven't talked about The Worry Men yet. But it's the... Yeah. <laughs> Don't correct me. Argument. <laughs> It's a race. Um, and with this 65th episode, we got one of the one of the nicest little treats. He has three lines in this episode, but oh, are they are they dreamy? Oh, yeah, reading Rainbow himself, Lavar Burton, mm-hmm. graced Jordy LaForge, graced us in yeah. this subpar Mad Hatter episode. Is it that subpar of the three? I think it's my least favorite. Okay, that's fair, because his original one was really good, and then his... Oh, his second one was... second one was great. Dreams in Darkness? Yes. Yeah, that is a great episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, fine. It's still a good episode, just of the three, it's, it's not as good. It's kind of mediocre. Yeah.-ish. But, as we were saying earlier, what is cool about it is that we don't know it's a Mad Hatter episode until, like, halfway through. Oh, f- further than that. I feel like yeah. we don't get it's Mad Hatter until, like... I'm like, I'm yeah, gonna... three quarters, more or less. Yeah. yeah. It's just kind of nice. Like, you you wouldn't expect it to necessarily be a Mad Hatter episode the way it starts. Mm-hmm. It's, it, feels like a, it feels like a Scooby-Doo episode, to bring that up again. Because the, oh, yeah. the, the villain is very kind of campy. It is. Uh, a, little, uh, a little on the stereotype side. Oh, so many things in the show are. Yeah. But... but it's, you know, it's the early 90s. Yeah. But, yeah, so uh, it, there's, like, a big soiree and Veronica Vreeland... Who we last saw, I forgot that we saw her last. Birds of a Feather. Yes. Yeah. She was Penguin's date. Yeah. Um, she's basically the same in this episode. Just yeah. completely self-involved and aloof. 
but she was just down in South America and brought back these little dolls called the Warrior Men, which you put under your pillow at night. and they, Basically uh, dream catchers. Dream catchers, yeah. They absorb your bad thoughts. And so she's been feeling great ever since then, and she, she hands them out to everyone at the party. And then Batman spots like a... A Mayan chain, priestess. Like a Mayan priestess, yeah, like lurking. And so he decides... This is out of place. He's got to go confront him. And How did he know that... So this is what... It was, it was a South American-themed party. How did he not think that it was just like... Like some special thing that was about to happen. That's true. Like like maybe some, he was going like to swing in. Yeah. I'm sure he's made that mistake before. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I guess it's better to be better to be safe than sorry. Yeah. I also love that Bruce shows up to this thing like not dressed up in safari attire like everyone else is. Yeah. Because you know Bruce Wynn does not do themed parties. No. Batman does. Not oh, Bruce. Yeah. He's like, I'd have to go into my Batman closet <laughs> and like I, I don't have time for that. Uh, Cameron, it is pronounced the Bat Closet. I'm sorry. He doesn't have time to go down to the Bat Closet. Yeah. <laughs> right past his samurai sword collection. Mm-hmm. Rifle through his bat costumes. Yeah. And find Safari Batman. Do you think he ever just like walks around in those costumes? Oh, just you, know, like... you know he does. Yeah. And you know he does all kinds of weird shit in the Batcave when Alfred's not around. Yeah. Or even when Alfred is around. Alfred's seen too much. He's, he's he seen needs everything. a break. Yeah. They, they even make a joke in this episode that he needs a break. He does. Oh, if only Alfred could write a memoir. <laughs> but oh. sadly, no one will ever know his trauma. No one. Um... Yeah. So Batman Bruce leaves the party, puts on the outfit, goes back up to the roof, kind of fights the Mayan priestess. Yeah. And there's a moment. I love this at the beginning of the fight because Batman is very silhouetted. He's very like devilish in this in this scene. Mm-hmm. The priestess pulls out kind of his version of a batarang, throws it at Batman and Batman just catches it and hides it in his cape. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and it pans back to the Mayan priestess's face and he's just like oh, shit, what am I doing? Yeah. Uh, he continues fighting. He plays dirty. Uh, he kind of just, like, breaks through the glass and tries to cause harm to the people at the party. Batman has to stop. But Batman has to save him. Priestess gets away. Um, where, where does it go from? I don't remember. Oh, uh, oh that's right. Because then, uh, so Batman goes home. Alfred puts one of the worry men under his pillow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wakes up the next day being even more chipper than normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's asked his secretary to put $20 million in cash into a briefcase, which he then sets on the windowsill and completely forgets about. Yeah. Until a different henchman, also dressed up in, like, jaguar skin pelts. Yeah. Right? He kind of looks like Animal Man a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Um, shows up and takes it, and Bruce is just left standing there. Like, what mm-hmm. the fuck just happened? Well, what was in that? And then his yeah. assistant's like, why'd you just give him $20 million? What? He's like, of my money? <laughs> Bruce, how much do you spend on just like, a, what's your monthly budget, Bruce? Yeah, my God. I mean, his computers cost, what, like $50 million or something like that? Probably. I what the number was that Alfred threw out one. And that's but, been broken ugh. three times in this in this yeah, season. That's true. Three. That's $150 million. That he it. looks that just is nothing to him. No, he's like, uh, twenty million is chump change. Yeah, he just loses that walking down the street. Yeah, you know? there was that great to sidetrack as always. Um, there was, I think it was a great TED talk where they were trying. It was a guy trying to see like, okay, well, how much money would you stop for if you saw it on the street? Yeah. Uh, and like, would you pick up a penny? No. Would you pick up a nickel? No. Would you pick up a quarter? Maybe. Would you pick up a dollar? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um. How much money, 
or how much money does it have to be laying on the ground for Bill Gates to just like stop what he's doing and pick it up? How much does he make per second to where stopping, picking up something on the ground and continue going is still more than what he's doing just just regularly? Yeah. Yeah. And it was somewhere of like $1,300. Oh my God. Yeah. That has to just be lying around for him to like, (laughs) yeah, I should pick that up. That's worth my time. I should grab this bar of gold bullion that's been left in the sidewalk. I yeah. guess it's worth it. It was a really funny uh, TED Talk. I no, it does sound, that does sound awesome. It. Maybe I'll make you send it to me and I can put it in the bat plugs. Nah. It's too much work. That's too much work for both Moving of us. Um, so, oh, but then... We oh, so, all of all of kind of the rich... The yeah, rich LeVar Burton as well. Like He had the same thing happen to him, and it all points back to Veronica. So mm-hmm. Batman goes out onto her yacht where she's buried to throw a suitcase full of her prized jewels over the side of the boat. Um, and Batman stops her and kind of helps. I guess he breaks the spell at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a little ambiguous as to how, like, when the effects wear off or whatever. Um, but one thing I did like, actually, so, like, Batman's trying to fight all the henchmen now that are on the boat trying to get the money from Veronica. Mm-hmm. She actually tries to help him. That's nice. That's really nice. Yeah, which I was legitimately surprised by. You think she would just like run off and go hide down in the bottom of the boat somewhere, but she like tries to hit one of the henchmen. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a futile attempt, but it was an actual. It was a, yeah, it was a nice gesture. Yeah, it gave her a small moment of redemption. Yeah, I thought for otherwise being just a terrible monster human being. Yeah. So, and it's it's basically at that point that Batman realizes he asked her, "It's like where did you get these things?" And she's like, "Oh, just some like merchant down in South America." It's like. Was it an English man with a large hat? <laughs> right, because he immediately put two and two together. <laughs> Just go straight there. Yeah. <laughs> what if she said no? What was his backup plan? Damn. Was it was it a a guy with oh we had a white face and uh, a purple suit? Yeah. No. How about half his face is blue and yeah. half of it's normal? Was he covered no? in question marks? <laughs> Did he require a suit to stay alive because he had to be frozen at all times? Uh, how about a how about a, a nice bolo hat with uh, nice round glasses and keep keeps yeah. looking at his pocket watch? Was it the sewer king? <laughs> Did he look like a crocodile? <laughs> no, he was kind of gray. All right, yeah, he he it was how that's how I see crocodiles. <laughs> yeah, but he he just goes straight there. He he's figured out for the rest of us. He, I he's guess. he's a all eggs one basket kind of yeah. guy. And it usually works out for him. It does. I mean, when he makes those like massive cognitive leaps, though, he is spot on. He yeah. lands those leaps. But so he's figured out that it's it's Hatter. Mm-hmm. Um, that these worry men have microchips in them, which kind of hypnotize you into uh, Mad Hatter crimes. being kind of a good guy. It gives you a better sleep. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, it makes you wake up yeah. with more energy and happy. Like if it was just that. He could just market that, and it'd be great. Well, I mean, th- again, the tragedy of the Mad Hatter is that he actually is incredibly competent, but he's a loon. Yeah. Like, he could actually make the world a better place if he wanted to. Right. He just doesn't. No. Well, such a waste. But he his, uh, he had decided he was going to retire from crime. But before he could do that, he had to commit a shitload of crime. So he well, he had to his- have enough money so he could retire. So he could buy himself a private island. Yeah. Where he'll hypnotize parakeets or some shit. I don't Understandable. know. Understandable. Yeah. I understand. I, I get that. Yeah. Uh, what I what I really appreciated is the last episode we had the tattoo database, mm-hmm. and this one we just learn of Batman's superhuman knowledge of every kind of abandoned uh, 
but like abandoned building. Oh in. yeah, because he like recognizes the animal pelts from the costume, right? yeah, the jaguar costume. He's like, oh, this must be the old, uh, the old costume abandoned costume building over there. If only he could do the same thing for chemical plants, right? Broken down amusement parks, mannequin factories. Yeah, he'd be set. They they named it and kind of continuing off of the joke about Gotham, uh, Gotham State not state square garden oh god yeah i was really hoping it was going to be some kind of like hollywood like gotham's hollywood oh right <laughs> and i was like you can't steal that missed opportunity yeah i mean we all know that it's an east coast city so it makes sense that yeah. they couldn't no couldn't do it but so he could be like an off broadway yeah gotham broadway <laughs> i'm sure gotham has a broadway oh i'm sure yeah if it's got two statue of liberties that's true. <laughs> that we know of <laughs> that we know of <laughs> Yeah, because so he, he goes to the factory and... Well, it, it does have... We, we know it has Broadway. That's where his parents are shot. Oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> we, we, that's a movie theater, though. In some stories. Well, in this, it's a movie theater, right? That's it's, true. It's Zorro in this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, because he's going out playing with... Oh, that's right, yeah. With his sword. Yeah. Invisible sword. As he does. Yeah. Uh, what happened? Oh, he gets there and he confronts he, he Yeah, but it's a dummy. And then there's these oh, cute yeah. little... Uh, rogues gallery dummies that that's a cool touch i loved that yeah so that i guess hatter has made these because mm-hmm. he has no money yeah but i assume before he knew batman was coming he must have planned this out these are detailed detailed dummies but yeah. i like to think that he has a tea party with all of the rogues gallery oh you know he does he's lonely yeah i mean all of his company is mind controlled who's he gonna talk to right the dummies that can't talk yeah he only has one personality too so he really has no other options right yeah but yeah, it's got like he's got like a Riddler dummy and a Harley, Two Face, Penguin, the, and then the, the coolest Joker, Jack yeah. in the Box, just bust out of there with a massive hammer. Yeah, it's a fun detail. I loved that. Yeah, it's just like it's just on the cusp of silly, but it, it plays quite well. But of course, Batman gets knocked out by like a light punch to the back of the head. Yeah, and gets tied up. And I these do blend together a little bit because in my mind at that point he's suspended over razor sharp mannequin uh, nails. No, but that's the wrong one, episode. He's, he's in a fucking guillotine. Oh, that's right. They're gonna put him into a guillotine. Yeah, yeah. And that was dramatic. It was actually, but he he's got a little sonic device like disrupts all the communication and mm-hmm. then the uh, that breaks the hypnosis. Yeah, and the 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 guy who's been dressed up as the like uh, the priestess, the priest, the priest, whatever. Yeah, yeah. He um is like no no we'll, we'll take him to the police don't. Don't mm-hmm. beat the shit out of him. But I did love when Tetch explains, like, the roundabout way he set up the whole scheme. He's like, well, I need money to buy a private island, so I heard about Veronica Vreeland's trip to South America. So with what limited funds I had, I flew down there, met this guy who had these little dolls, disguised them as microchips, hypnotized him, sold them to her, and came back. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to give him credit. He puts way more work into this than most of the other villains do. Oh, yeah, and that's why he kind of gets further i think than most he actually had the money that's true he had which is further than anyone than most villains get yeah i think uh i feel like the riddler's the one who's really gotten away with it before yeah but yeah he's close close second but um oh yeah and then he gets put back in arkham right uh does it show that does it show that one assumes how does it end uh oh no it ends with bruce in uh wayne tech kind of putting the money back oh that's right uh and using this bugged me unnecessarily using company funds flying all of the all of the people back to south america 
Oh, yes, he did. Yeah, Take he, that out of your pocket. Because he Don't use company money. He did say he took it out of the $20 million that came back. Yeah. Although that could have been his personal money, though. That may not be company money. Because mm. he did have to give his secretary his account number. That's true. All right. So All right. We'll assume it's his own personal All money. All right. That's fine, then. Although that is conflicting, though, with... Well, I guess it has to be his personal money because LeVar Burton gets arrested for embezzlement because they... They assumed the money he gave out. Oh, he that's was true. Yeah, so I guess yeah. It's okay. Heavy, all right, all right. So that's fine. The good, good guy, good guy Bruce for not using company funds. Exactly. So to, to send these guys back to South America. Yeah. What a sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other uh, notes on um, the worry men? The the like um, the rogues gallery dolls. Mm-hmm. There's a Teen Titans episode. Um, m- mid season two, I want to say. I don't remember the name of it. But you see um, all the Titans are kind of turned into marionettes. And it's a very oh, similar style. I kind of recall um, that. It, it, it looks very similar to what these look like. Okay. Who's the villain? You made me happy. I don't remember his name. And it's really bugging me right now. Don't give me that fucking look, Chris. <laughs> don't give me that goddamn look. Um, he's he uh, the, like the Mad King or something. He So he's not... Isn't that a Targaryen? Yes, I know it's a Targaryen. I'm still working it out. It's a process. <laughs> he has he's a so he's also a marionette. He has red hair. He has a, a crown. And he's not I keep thinking that he's the villain, the British villain, but he's not the British villain. Um It is his it might his is it actually Marionette? No, that's too easy. The daughter of the Puppet King? It, I, yeah, I think it's just Puppet King is who he is. Yes. Uh, yeah, because he looks like a puppet. Yeah, then yeah. He's, he's got like, um, he's got like the... That's him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, red hair or black hair. Black I was close. hair. Yeah, like, red he's shirt. He's like, like that traditional like Eastern European like red uniform with a white sash Yeah. sort of thing going on. Oh, yeah. And he's got like the little, um, like the marionette handle that controls people. Yeah. Oh, It was a really cool yeah. episode. Yeah. And, and they all, it was, it was a cool graphic style I do. or illustration style i do remember that oh good times good times team titans yeah i got king mad king puppet king i was, I was getting there you were close if you gave me another like 15 minutes i would have put those strings together yeah if i just you know just strung us along for a while yeah fluff the time that's not the right word right you don't fluff time that's ah, fine <laughs> uh let's see do i have any more notes for this episode uh, i don't even know i don't think so i guess it's my least favorite of the mad hatter episode it's still a great episode yeah um it's pretty it's it's fine i think it's it's pretty yeah. solid it structurally it is similar to the previous one which is a better episode uh i like the kind of the like the no, early 90s fear of microchips how it's just a generic plot device oh yeah like he has Terrib- these microchips <gasps> not microchips, microchips. <gasps> they're in my brain now oh my god soon they'll be in our food yeah i i, I did enjoy that the reaction to there that. are microchips in the drinking water <laughs> uh i don't know do you have any more notes nope that's it i didn't really have any uh, trivia for this episode other than lavar burton is one of the voices which we already talked about reading rainbow so um so guys End of season, season one. one yeah is done that's amazing we started this so half a year ago six six ish months ago or something like that right because it was the, the anniversary yeah yeah and look how far we've come i know and now we got Phantasm next week. Yeah. Super excited for that. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. We're, we're actually getting very close to Superman. 
Very, <gasps> very close. I mean, we're going to start a new show. Season two has 20 episodes. Yeah. So there you go, like basically ten podcasts, and then we'll be on to the the next on to the next show. Yeah, that's very exciting. It is pretty exciting, actually. I, I never thought we'd get there. Neither did I. But it's one series closer to Static Shock. Oh my gosh! I listened to the theme song before I came over here. Of course he did. <laughs> I forgot Little Romeo did the rap in season three and four. Oh my god! Of course he did. Little Romeo. He also had a TV show on Nick, which yeah. didn't do good. Well, yeah, kind of to be expected with, with Puff Daddy. Oh my god! Of course he did. <gasps> oh, it's so weird. Uh, uh, so, so since it is the last episode, we have a little bit of time. Yes. What was your favorite episode of yes. season one? So you, you were kind enough to give me an advance notice on this. I do appreciate that. Yeah. Like, I'd be just spinning wheels here for a while. So it, uh, can I, can I do a two parter? Can I do a story? Sure. Okay. Sure, sure. I think then it has to be Robin's, Robin's Reckoning. Reckoning. Yep. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Cause you know, I, I think for me it has in its own way, the highest stakes of any of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it. It is a battle for Robin's soul. It is the if if things go poorly, Batman will lose Robin. Like he will lose his friend. He loses ally. Right. Um, and like those those are emotional in like episodes too. And to see Robin, who's usually gets to be kind of the more fun side of things, be really intense. If anything, more intense than Batman. Um, it's just a total dynamic shift. And I think yeah, it has to be that one. So now, can I guess yours? Sure. Is it if you're so smart, why aren't you right? Of course it is. Yes. Oh, so I mean it it, it just has such a like resonating history for me because it yeah. was my first episode right. of D it was kind of my entry point to the world of DC Comics. And God, aren't you lucky that you found that one? Uh, yeah. It wasn't like the Underdwellers mm-hmm. or like the Forgotten right. or something. No, I, I don't blame you. If I couldn't do a two parter, it was actually gonna be that episode as well. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Um so now do you have a least favorite? That that is harder because I feel like there's a lot of really bad episodes to pull yeah. from. I guess, and I, it's also been a while since we've had a pretty bad episode. That's true. I mean, the, the, we, we've we, had a great streak this past kind of yeah. two three months. We, we've had like lesser episodes, but not like flat out bad ones. I, if I had to pick one, I guess probably the Forgotten. Like if I were to like look back so. at the ones that were just particularly bad, mm-hmm. just because it's so stupid. But I guess that one. I don't know. How about you? Uh, it, mine's kind of a tie. Mm-hmm. It's either. Uh, I've got Batman in my basement. Oh yeah. Um, or was it Moon of the Wolf? Oh fuck, Moon of the Wolf. Yeah. Oh. One of the most generic, oh, poorly God. animated you know episodes. What? You know what? That's that's very. That's a really good bad choice. Yeah. <laughs> that is actually probably the worst one. <laughs> if, if I had to jettison episodes, I'd, I would. You're right. I would pick that before I pick even the Forgotten. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, what are you watching, reading, listening to? What, what am I plugging these days? What are you plugging? Uh, well, I've been doing this, watching this for a while, and I realized I actually hadn't mentioned it before, but I've been watching Parks and Rec. Like I'm okay. way behind on that, obviously, it ended. No, as, as am ago, I. But, yeah. So I'm partway through season six now. Nice. It's eight seasons? Seven. Seven seasons? Okay. Yeah. It's great. I really, really like it. Like it, it, it People say, like, oh, skip the first two and I was about to ask three. that. Do you I agree? I don't think you have to because the first season, it's not great, but it's very short. Okay. And about halfway through season two, there's some really good episodes, and it starts to pick up. So I, I, it, you could jump in at three because it's kind of a soft reboot, um, but it's, it's not that much more to start off from the beginning. Uh, but it's fun, too, because I've reached the point now where uh, Chris Pratt has gone off to go film Guardians and come back. And he's <laughs> oh, because like, now he's attractive? Yeah, he's, like, super fit now, and they ask him, like, what happened? He's like, oh, I just stopped drinking beer. <laughs> that's a solution to why he's just like super fit now um but it's really really fun i'd recommend that and then uh a movie we have both watched before but i rewatched recently was the raid oh 
Yes, which I, for some of you who listen to this may have seen it before, but it's an Indonesian martial arts movie from a few years ago, and it has the same plot as uh, Dread, the, the Judge Dread reboot. Um, it has some of the best fight choreography I think I've seen in any movie. Oh, yeah. It's, and it's short, pretty much. It's simple. I mean, yeah, it's got subtitles, but nut up and watch it. it it's it's kind of awesome. It's very John Wick-ish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and actually, very little dialogue, pretty much all action. Yeah, they they are very similar those two movies. Um, a little less stylish, I'd say, than John Wick, but it's still yeah. still really good. So, uh, yeah, definitely definitely recommend that one if you want a good martial arts movie, one of the best mm-hmm. in years. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But uh, how about you? What do you? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug uh, a YouTube channel again. Oh. Because there's a video that came out this morning, which was fantastic. It's a the, fresh plug. Yeah the 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 channel's name is uh, Captain Kristen. Okay. Christian. Okay. Chris, Chris, no, it's Kristen. I was right. Uh, with two K's, mm-hmm. Captain, Captain, whatever. Um, Got it. And it's this guy. I've probably shown you a few of his videos. Um, he does these amazing kind of micro documentaries about just kind of anything pop culture related what that's so cool yeah so the one that came out this morning was um the history of wonder woman as a symbol of progress okay talking about kind of the struggle they had to create her Mm -hmm. all the shit that was going down in kind of comics and media back in the late 30s and why they needed her uh kind of the dark side of her origin where the uh, so the so the guy the main writer whose name I don't remember anymore was a William something uh, he William, was a, William yeah. Monahan sure he was a psychologist who like had an offer to go teach at Harvard but instead he went over to the comic world because they asked him to be kind of their like science person uh, but instead he wrote this comic because they needed a female presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also his kind of dark pleasure to get out his um, bondage fetish. Oh, because in, yeah, which uh, if you ever look at uh, Golden Age Wonder Woman covers, four out of five are her being bound up in some way. Uh, was it William Moulton Marston? Yes, that's the guy. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense now, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but obviously, that that's changed since then. He yeah. was the he's credited for the idea of a lie detector like originally the last of truth was just supposed to like uh subdue and like make them kind of obey you okay but then that gradually turned into making you tell the truth which gradually turned into the idea of a lie detector yeah so he's credited for that through the comic that's awesome and then her and then it continues on obviously up to the present talking about how like she's had to struggle through so much you know batman and superman have always outshined her but she's obviously still been the symbol for so long so we're we're both at this point a little skeptical about the movie, but watching this kind of gives me a little hope on what it could be or what kind of what it should be. Sure. Um, so, you know, I can continue following even further in my in my DC depression. Uh, but there's <laughs> well, a, he also did. Oh, sorry. You so it should also give hope out there to uh, to writers that if you have some weird sex fetish, write about it. And someday you may, too, create a decades lasting iconic character. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and some other videos that Captain Kristen has posted on his channel are, um, the history of broadcast anime, which was so fascinating about yeah. kind of the, the fight between Toonami and sci-fi and how the, the idea Toonami. of like, um, that's where the like stereotype of tentacle porn got connected to anime is because sci-fi would always show like the super raunchy anime. 
Oh, okay. Uh, where where Toonami would show the Shonen Jump like kiddish stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they did an awesome one about the science of comedy, w- talking about Futurama, language and censorship, talking about South Park, and kind of how far the line has been pushed. Yeah. Um, and then one of the most interesting ones, because I don't know much about this world, is storytelling through hip hop, talking about Childish Gambino. Oh, what? It's so interesting. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, the videos are, they're pretty much no longer than 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. They're so fascinating. You can go through, he, he's pretty sporadic about posting cause it does take a while, oh, yeah, imagine. but they're so, so cool. And everyone should just go and watch some of these. Cause they're like, did one about new grounds and the future of animation, which was so cool. That one came oh out two or three God, weeks ago. New grounds. Yeah. Things that I have forgotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, everyone go check that out. That's awesome. Uh, and then for shitty TV, I'm watching Terrace House, which is what? Just like Terrace House. Like it's Terras. No, like Terrace. Like, terrace, like, like I'm a, going out on the terrace, terrace. Okay. House. It's a Japanese. Okay. Um, like I don't know. I I see where it came from, but it, it it's kind of like a Japanese show. It's um. Oh my god! What, what, what was MTV's first reality show that made them super famous? The Real World. Yes, okay. it's like a Japanese Real World, except not as dramatic. Everyone kind of goes for their own purpose. Uh, and the season I'm there's all on Netflix right now. The season I'm watching takes place in Hawaii. Um, How did you find this? It it popped up on my recommendation recommended for Netflix, and then one of my friends watched it and said that I had to. And I hate myself for every because I hate reality television. Yeah. But what's interesting is instead of doing like the the side interviews, which American tele- American reality show is so famous for, yeah, uh, there's none of that. Instead, it's more of an observation. So they'll play. It's a thirty minute episode. They'll play fifteen minutes, and they'll cut to this group of like actors and comedians from Japan, and they'll talk about what's happening, what they think is going to happen, hmm. and they'll play another fifteen minutes, and they'll do another interview. Okay, that's kind of fun. It's like interesting conceit. And it's it's kind of I see it why it's picking up in America because it's basically the television version of Let's Play Gaming. It's Let's Play Gaming is obviously taken off on YouTube right now. It's people that watch it, it's you watch someone else play video games and you get their comedy. You you right get, over my head. It's you do you know PewDiePie? You know I the know name of PewDiePie. So he's a Let's Play gamer. He basically streams himself playing video games and talks over it about what he's doing, what he wants to do. Okay. I see this as a television version of that. Okay. You're watching, you're pretty much watching someone else watch television and then getting their ideas of what's happening, what's going to happen, what they want to happen, how they feel about characters while you're watching it, if that makes sense. So kind of like Mystery Science Theater 3000? Kind of. But, okay. Um, I should watch that. Yeah. The the new season just started. Yeah. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of Geek and Sundry people yeah, part of it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's odd. I'm yeah. almost done with this one. I don't know if I'll do it the other, the other season. You will. No, I don't think so. It's just, it's so, it, uh, it, it, I hate reality television so, yeah, I know. I do so too. much. Um, but yeah, if, if people are into that kind of thing, if you, if you want to check it out, it's on Netflix. If you hate yourself, if you have n- literally nothing else to do in your life, go watch Terrace House Aloha. Um, uh, I love it. It's barely even a recommendation. It's not. <laughs> I'm still gonna have to put it in the goddamn plugs. Yep. Uh, but that's all I got. I feel like you just pick things now because you know it's gonna be much more work for me. 
It's on Netflix. It's not a hard thing to find. Actually, no, that's easy because I can't. I can't link them because the yeah. link's so long. So, well, never mind then. Yeah, I'm saving you time. Oh, thanks, Cameron. Yeah, the uh, best. But but I think that's all we got. Everyone, thank you for for sticking around for season one, guys. Yeah, I know. So yeah, like we said, uh, Phantasm next week with a special guest, and then on to season two. Yeah, just blasting right through all this here. It's pretty exciting. So it's just a year and a half till static. Oh my god, getting so close. But uh, if you ever want to like tell us we're idiots or comment or anything like that, you can find us uh, at Tim Talk Pod on Twitter and Gmail and Facebook. Also, if you guys are reading anything or watching anything interesting yeah, that you want to share with us, recommendations. Let us we know. We obviously watch really shitty stuff. Yeah, especially Cameron, and <laughs> so we could use some good recommendations. Yeah. So yeah, do reach out if you have something that you think we'd be interested in, and. Uh, I am at Lordifer on all the same social media things. I, I will post a photo of me and my mom with Jeff Goldblum if you want to go man, check that man, out. Man, he's so L.A. I, I just embrace it at this That's point. That's fine. I should. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, becoming self-parody. I'm very comfortable with that. <laughs> so. uh, I'm at Cameron.Dexter on Instagram, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. Bye. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdischool.com.